Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had a sporting memory session, didn't we, Andy, with Motti? And uh, he was controversial at times, talking... Uh, actually, not controversial, talking about Bobby Charlton. He was controversial, talking about something else, as, as you'll realise. He shocked us, so stay tuned for that. Uh, our old friend Jim, Jim Rosenthal, we had a nice chat catch up with him uh, a birthday spread of what an exciting contest that was tremendous uh, quite excruciating uh, jokes but never mind that's what it's all about <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Steve Bruce is still oh it's a thriller isn't it it's oh. still still keeping us enthralled um, and I think that's about it isn't it oh yes Mike, Mike Ward. Ward with his pick Mike of the Ward. weekends yeah team. some of the best weekends yeah, uh, his TV, weekend so TV. here it all is <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And one of the joys for me of, uh, of this lockdown is spending a lot of time with my wife, who's a constantly entertaining person. And right. yesterday I was going through the papers and I said to her, I said, I saw a thing about Bradley Walsh. I said, blimey, Bradley Walsh made eight and a half million from showbiz. He's done so well, hasn't he? You know, amazing. What a year he's had. She, she says to me, what? The cyclist retired. Brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's what Glenn would call the Bradley uh, confusion situation, isn't it? <laughs> it is. What about Ian Hall, 62, who's using his unused Mercedes car hmm. as a greenhouse to grow tomatoes in Bristol? Yeah. It's not going to do much for the resale value, is it? One careful grower. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> full of mud. You can imagine going along to try and buy it. It's, uh, it's all been valeted, sir. It's fully loaded. It's got, it's got everything you yeah. possibly want. It's got a bit, okay, it has got a bit, a bit of earth uh, in the back of the yeah. car. And you may, I mean, honestly, if you love potatoes, you're going to love this car. It'd be marvellous. <laughs> it's very true. And uh, John Fury, Tyson's dad, thinks he could give, I think he fought yeah. in the 60s or something. He, said, uh, he thinks he could give Mike Tyson a good fight. You think, no, you couldn't. That's about 10 seconds, wouldn't it? One punch, I I reckon that would well, be. Okay. May I think you yeah. find you might be in with John next. That sounds like fighting talk <laughs> well, to John. No, I'm glad you didn't John, read the full no, quote because it had some choice <laughs> oh, yeah, Anglo-Saxon no, in it, didn't it, really? <laughs> no, John would thrash me yeah. completely. There's no question about <laughs> it. I wouldn't would. last 10 seconds with him. But, you know, I, I give myself, well, I don't give him much chance with Tyson, but who knows? Okay. And, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, we, oh, yes, this story about the parrot. You see the parrot that offers its owner a cup of tea? Oh, yeah. And then puts the kettle on. But they were sort of complaining, saying, well, the parrot can't pour the actual tea. I was thinking, well, no, it's a parrot. You know, but it, it, could stir, it could stir the tea with its beak, I suppose. It might be a bit unfortunate. You could, it's it's kind of, it, it's, I know what they mean. It's, it's a story in a sense because it, it, it's always the parrot says, want a cup of tea? So it says that. And then the, the development is it's able to peck at the old uh, tab on the kettle to get it going. 
But then, you know, so effectively it walks the walk, doesn't it? But it can't, it can't talk the talk when it <laughs> comes can't. to making a cup of tea. That's very true. And uh, we should say happy birthday to Jack Charlton. He's not in the birthday spread, but we are doing Bobby today. But it's Jack's birthday. You may be aware of that. He's 85 today. What a great career he had as well. Absolutely. player. So we'll maybe have a chat with Motti about him too. And uh, do you see that in Germany, they are going to have these cardboard cutout fans. And they are quite effective, actually. They do look, mm. you know, they've obviously got different. I would imagine people have been asked to send in pictures of themselves. And they've made up these fans. But have they got some that leave before the end to beat the traffic? They have yeah. To remove them. There should be one called George who leaves 15 minutes before yeah, the end, and you can say, Cheerio, George. See you next week and uh, see you in a fortnight. Absolutely. You always, you always have that bloke, don't you? He's normally getting on a bit, and he's, mm. he's going to take him about 45 minutes to get to the car anyway, even though it's in the car park downstairs. So it's a slow walk for George generally. Now, we don't know if Strictly Come Dancing is going to happen, and uh, wow. but some good news, actually. This has already happened in, in uh, Dancing on Ice, but it's going to feature the first same-sex couple in the show's history this year, said The Sun. Uh, but I just think they could have found a better way to put it. It says here, pro dancer Johannes Radibi, 33, is front-runner to be paired with a male celebrity after putting his hat in the ring. Now, you know, I just could have thought of a better way of putting it, but there you go. I don't, I, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> It, yes, well, route know. one. That's um, I'm only reading. I'm only. I'm only reading out what was there. Well, yeah, I'm not quite sure that's true. Actually, the. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take you back to 1938 now, Andy. For on this day in history, yesterday. Oh uh, yes. Are you ready for this? I am ready. For yeah. Okay. Uh, this was courtesy of the Sun. I, I, I didn't know this fact. It goes. Yeah. 1938. Yesterday, Manchester City were relegated from the top flight after a one-nil defeat at Huddersfield. You know, City fans will tell you over the years. Uh, that is uh, not a massive surprise. Uh, but it created one of the most bizarre statistical seasons in English football history. They went down having scored 80 goals in 42 games. Blimey. Relegated with 80 goals. More than any side in the league that season. So they were the top scorers in the league. Only City, City fans could tell you of a certain vintage, could do this. Score the most goals in a season and still go down. And they scored three more goals. Defensively, the they must have been terrible. Yeah. They conceded 77 goals and, uh, and scored 80, but still went down. <laughs> so they had a plus goal yeah, difference yeah. and still yeah. went down. I That's bet right. that hasn't happened too often. Well, I'll tell you. That's Wolf amazing. Wilde was the manager then. Um, and they're one of only two sides in top flight history, along with Smallheath in 1901-02 to be relegated with a positive goal difference. I thought that was amazing. Wow. What a stat that is. That is amazing. It must stat. be an old... Bro- what a coup. Be- yeah, what are you going to say? What a coup what? I was going to say, what a coup it was for uh, Jim to get Arsene Wenger on. Yeah. I promise you, I always do this. I think he's had him on before. And I honestly, I'm waiting for... Uh, uh, no, actually, Jim, it's Luke Kempner here. Yeah. <laughs> it really, you, have to, you have to sort of hear it for about five minutes before you absolutely accept it's not Luke, it is Arsene Wenger. No, that is... So you're not used to hearing him come. It was a good interview, actually. It was very good. Yeah, good very stuff. interesting, yeah. So that was good. And then Macclesfield. I thought this was sort of ironic and quite sad, in a sense. Macclesfield had been clobbered with a seven-point penalty for failing to fulfil a fixture, which, given what's going on now in this season, it is quite ironic, isn't it, that you'd get... I know they have to be. I understand it, but yeah. you, do you know what I mean? It's, a, it's mm. sort of harsh, isn't think, it, really? Yeah, it's a you bit know, more to it than that. And uh, I think in some quarters yeah. in the Football League, you wouldn't get that much... Sympathy for, no, uh, I, for I Macclesfield. Know, I know, if, you, I know. if you look at the full picture in some areas, anyway. No, no, I, you I feel get, sorry I get for the that, fans. But, 
but it's not. It's nobody yeah. else really. But the fact that the season isn't going to be fulfilled at all does sort of you know make you think. Well, okay, but I suppose rules is rules, as they say. We're also bringing you a little bit of theme music every day, a bit of nostalgia, and uh, we've strayed from the main sporting themes today to recall our old mate, uh, the late great Jim Bowen and Bullseye. Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Joining us now to tell us a bit more about life in lockdown, the broadcasting legend that is Mr. Jim Rosenthal. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you, Paul? How are you, Andy? I'll start off by saying um, no pyramids in my freezer, a la la Mike Parry. No ginger badger beards, a la Ferry Fintoff. And mercifully, mercifully, no homeschooling. Yeah, exactly. Brown. yeah, that yeah, that would be the homeschooling uh, would be would be pushing it a bit. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, no, so 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 none of none of that really, and uh, uh, and and hopefully no sort of lockdown madness either, really. And I and I first of all, whole man, I'm very very lucky where I live and where I'm spending my lockdown, uh, which is a pretty rural part of uh, of Berkshire. And uh, I, I, I count my blessings every single day uh, where I am. And, um, and, uh, and well done, you guys, by the way, for keeping the old needle ticking in very, very difficult broadcasting <laughs> times as well. Oh, no, yeah, we're, well, we're, 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 we're still yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, we're loving it, really. But every, and every, one of the things we have been doing, Jim, is every day we play a sporting theme from the past. Just to sort of, you know, nostalgia has right. become a very big thing, hasn't it? And we were thinking of you earlier in the week, weren't we, Paul, when we played the old ITV boxing yeah. game. We'd kind of forgotten about it, and it, it's so wow. synonymous with you. I know. Let's remind people. There we are, the old ITV boxing. And then at this point, you cut to Jim ringside. Well, good evening. And it's another big fight, Nigel Ben. (laughs) We can see you standing there with the mic, Jim. Yeah, fantastic. Ben, the Ben, the Eubank nights, and when the the country stopped to watch to watch those guys fight, and we, I mean, the audiences we did seventy to twenty million, or something absolutely unheard of in these days. But in general terms, I think I think ITV sporting signature tunes in general very, very average. But that one was uh, was phenomenal, was really good. So hit hit the mark. And the reminder yeah, reminder us of some great nights and um, I mean like a lot of sports of course at, at the moment without wishing to get too serious about the whole thing, boxing has been absolutely flawed. And and especially, I mean, you, you just talking earlier on there with, with with Dave Edwards about the lower leagues, the leagues one and two, or especially boxing's equivalent of leagues one and two, the down card fighters uh, uh, who really are finding it so hard just to keep fit and keep in business, and let alone let alone put food on the table. So it's it's in a tough state the old game of boxing right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's also a reminder, Jim, hearing that music of of uh, big sporting events on terrestrial TV. I mean, all those big yeah. fights were were on were freely available to people, as you said. You got these huge audiences, and it's very interesting. BT apparently have been saying today it's a possibility that some uh, of the games, some of the Bundesliga games, when it returns next week, 
could well be free to wear, so people will get access to them. And maybe, I mean, from BT's point of view, they're playing the long game, because I think maybe people will remember that. They do the right thing now. They may think there, there could be subscribers down the road. But I think that would be a real, it would be a real fillip for people that love their football to get a chance to to watch um, Jaden Sancho in action for the first time next Saturday afternoon. I, th- I think that it, it is a, a very good idea indeed. And from my p- point of view, I think actually BT have got a bit of ground to make up because while uh, Sky have uh, uh, frozen their subscriptions pretty much immediately, BT haven't done that. And uh, I, I think at, at the moment they, they, might, uh, they might feel... Um, that they have got a bit of ground to make up with their customer base. And, but if they can make um, the first football that is around available to everyone, that would be absolutely great. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this with great interest, what, what happens over there in, in Germany, really, and how it all works out. And uh, we are talking about football, by the way, as a huge spectator sport, a huge spectator sport. And um, crowd noise and dummies in the stadium and things like that, it's going to be a very different form of the game that we're going to be watching, no matter who's on that pitch. No, that is true. But then on the other hand, we, you know, it's probably better than nothing, I suppose is the end thing. But for me, one of the treats, Jim, of lockdown is uh, rediscovering TV shows that perhaps hadn't seen all of them. So, for example, with Plebs, I sort of came to it late, and now they're showing all of them on ITV2. So we started watching right the early series. And, of course, they, they are Salve. utterly Salve brilliant. Andy, then, eh? <laughs> Yeah, they are. They're utterly brilliant. They're so funny. And, of course, I turned on Series 2, Episode 1 last week, and who should I see but your very good self? Let's hear it. This is Jim Rosenthal in Plebs. There goes the bell as we enter the last lap of this extraordinary race. And he's trying to overtake him round the outside, but he can't get through. It's Scorpus in green, moving up to third place. Looks like too little too late, though, for the reigning champion. Whatever happens now, you can say to your grandchildren, yes, I was there. Quite a tough booking. <laughs> for I imagine you were, Jim, for the people that, uh, that are in that and make that series. Because your son, Tom, of course, is, uh, is uh, in the cast and is uh, very much involved in this show. And, and was very much involved in that booking, by the way. Um, without, <laughs> um, there, there, there was a fairly uh, limited appeal for chariot commentators <laughs> right now. Um, and, and that was my one and only thrust at uh, chariot race commentating. I actually commentated on a, on a stick, if, if I'm honest with you, and followed a stick going around without which reason to get to sort of uh, ruin everyone's perceptions of me as, as a chariot racing commentator. But uh, that was, no, it was a bit, a bit of proper fun, that, and uh, got, the, got the toga on and everything. Start of Series 2, I think it was, wasn't it? And, yeah. the, and I, I sort of thought, well, I mean, it happened so quickly there. People said, who was that? Well, that surely wasn't him. And oh, well, here comes the real <laughs> stuff. But, but eagle-eared and eagle-eyed people like you two will never, never let me forget that. But uh, it was good. They, they, yeah. You probably know they film it in Bulgaria. So mm. it was a nice, a nice chance to get, get over and see it. And, um, and, and, and at least I haven't had my, my head cut off in that series. I like Danny Dyer got his head cut off very early. So <laughs> there is a chance, I suppose, of a certain reappearance of a chariot racing commentator if required. Good stuff. That's good. We always appreciate uh, Tom on this show, your son Tom, because when we were in Kaliningrad, it was quite a remote sort of place. And we were doing a show in quite a, even for a remote place in a remote place. And somehow he, he made his way out to this pub, didn't he? And came yeah. and did about half an hour with us. So it was so nice of him to do it. We always appreciated that. 
It was there for England, well, Belgium, wasn't it? The uh, the, the, I, I, the dead he, rubber. He was, yes. Good on him. Yeah, no, he, he made that trip and, and, and was very complimentary about the, the, the Russian people, as indeed you guys were, the way, the way you all, all got looked after. But uh, I'll twist his arm and try and get him back on one of these days to talk, talk to you guys, to you guys again. Because actually, talk, talking about, it's, it's going to be, a, 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 we're deprived tonight with no Friday night dinner for the first time in lockdown. Because that, that series worked very, very well for the last six weeks and, and, and finished pretty dramatically last Friday night on Channel 4. So we, we're wondering... Uh, how to fill that that ten o'clock gap, if you like. But but talking about things that uh, looking back at, uh, on on series, um, I mean, I would just one or two of your listeners might not uh, might not have heard of it. A series called Better Call Saul, which um, mm, uh, yeah. Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, the old Breaking Bad boys, put together. And I hold my hands up. Um, every single second of fifty episodes I watched. And not having seen it before, and I can thoroughly wow. recommend it to anybody. The whole, the, the whole, the whole series, and I can't wait for the for the concluding series either. So that, that's my little, and it will take you, it will take you weeks, but it's well worth it. It does take it time that series. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Do you know what? I've I've not watched it. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into it like you. I've seen. I think I've watching. seen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, 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 there we are. So that, that's what have you been doing? I, I, I've not, not, I've, I've been doing the odd run around as well to keep the old bones in reasonable shape because at a very loose moment, I said I, w- I would enter the Great North Run in the autumn. I think it's the fourth wow. Great North Run, and I, I did the first one. Um, but whether that happens or not, uh, up, up around uh, Newcastle in early September is very, very dubious at the moment. But uh, yeah. as we speak. It is still on, and I'm still trying to get myself in some sort of shape to finish within three hours on that or something. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. In the last week or so, we have uh, marked uh, the playing uh, retirement of Bobby Charlton. It was uh, around this time of year. It was 1973 when he uh, hung up the boots. And uh, we decided at the start this week that we would chat to Motti in our little sporting memory session today. Uh, about uh, Sir Bobby Charlton. So it's interesting that yesterday Henry Winter wrote a piece, Formidable, Selfless, Humble, Sir Bobby Charlton is English, England's greatest sports person. I think he's very much on, on everybody's minds at the moment. Um, and before we speak to Motti, let's give you a, a, a brief flavour of his life and times. Glory, glory, man, And it's Manchester United versus Spurs in this important fifth round cup tie here at Old Trafford. And it's the fair, slightly balding Charlton to kick off. The Munich air crash. Of the crew of six and 38 passengers, 23 are known to have survived. I remember waking up about 50 or 60 yards from the aeroplane, still strapped in my seat. I, 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 I didn't know how that happened. England making Portugal chase. Sweden playing right to left versus England. The sort of game that football enthusiasts don't easily forget, and one which earned the top international goal-scoring record for England striker Bobby Charlton. In his 85th senior international, Charlton had notched his 45th goal. He was England's all-time top scorer. 
For over a century, Old Trafford has been the stage on which heroes have busied themselves building dreams. Today, the South Stand is renamed in honour of arguably the greatest of them all. He was the Busby Babe who became a knight of the realm. The incomparable Sir Bobby Charlton. <clears throat> of course, uh, Bobby was a, a manager uh, uh, later on and then joined our next guest in the commentary box for many years uh, at the BBC. And uh, Motti joins us now. Good afternoon, Motti. Afternoon, Paul. Um, I tell you what, when you were talking just earlier about Bobby and you said taxi drivers and waiters and everybody, it was a common language when you were abroad. If you said Bobby Charlton, well, goodness me, to be honest, that worked for us as broadcasters as well, because he was such a recognisable worldwide figure that if you were with him, like covering a match, for example, like I had the privilege of doing, you could go anywhere. I mean, if you went into a if you went into a stadium and they said you've got the wrong ticket, if if you had Bobby Charlton with you, you'd get in. <laughs> and I've had a lot of experiences like that, by the way. And just just them seeing him, recognizing his face, it was the passport to everywhere. I remember seeing Bobby play, and he was a very special player. But it's quite hard to define. Bobby, his position, he wasn't really a winger, was he? He wasn't really a striker. He was a sort of something in between. Can you think of a sort of modern player that you could compare him to, or would you say he was fairly no. unique, John? No, I, 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 wouldn't put, <laughs> I wouldn't put anybody alongside Bobby Charlton. He, he played on the wing, as you say. He played centre-forward. Uh, people remember him for his uh, fantastic shooting ability, but what a lot of people forget is how fast he was, mm. uh, particularly with the ball. And with either foot as well. Yeah. I, mean, I actually had the, the pleasure of covering, you mentioned 1973 there, Paul. I actually commentated on his last match uh, in the league for Manchester United. It was at Chelsea at the end of the yeah, 1973 seat. Were you there? You were there, Andy. Yeah, yeah I was. You would, you would yeah. be. And, and I remember Brian <laughs> Mears, the, <laughs> the Brian Mears, the Chelsea chairman, coming on the pitch and making a presentation. And you, you think they could probably give him the stadium or something. But they gave him a silver cigarette box. And um, the last time I saw Bobby, I reminded him of that. And he said, it's still on my mantelpiece at home. <laughs> it would, probably would be. I, I mean, we, we talked in, in these chats, we've talked about David Coleman. But one of my favorite bits of commentary is Bobby takes the corner and Jack puts it in. And all Coleman says, he just goes, Bobby. Jack, and that's it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, that's the essence of TV commentary, isn't it, John? <laughs> well, of course it is, and the brevity was one of Coleman's great strengths. And, and mentioning Jack, of course, I mean, they were the brothers from Ashington who came out the mining village and had great careers and both played, of course, in the World Cup final in 66. Um, but, but Bobby, I mean, his fame spread so far and wide. And yet, you know, Andy... Bobby's modesty was quite unbelievable. I remember being in Milan in 1980 in the European Championships and the BBC team were getting ready to cover a game in the evening. And we were in the hotel foyer in the afternoon and Bobby Charlton suddenly said, why don't we have a game of football? And he went off and he got a ball and we all somehow managed to get a shirt or a pair of shorts or something. And we played four aside in the hotel garden. 
and he was so enthusiastic, <laughs> wow. even, even in that. And I thought afterwards, well, I, well of all the things I'm proud and honoured to be able to say, I, I actually played in a football match with Bobby Charlton, even though it was only four aside in the hotel garden. There, you see, you're obviously over the years working with him closely and travelling with him. You've seen a side of him that maybe a lot of people don't see because... I mean, it's fair to say, and some of this is shaped by what happened in Munich, maybe, that he doesn't appear in public to be the most ebullient of men. And you wouldn't have necessarily have thought that the commentary box, it probably, these days, for what people are looking for, he probably wouldn't be the first name. But he was clearly very good at it because he worked with you and for the BBC for a very long time. Yes, on several big tournaments as well. I think I told you a few weeks ago when I was discussing that match between Italy and Brazil in 1982, how he was so emotional about the game that at the end of the of the match, I turned to him with the microphone and he was actually in tears. Mm. That's how much that's how much he felt the game and, and loved the game, you know. And um, he, he, funnily enough, yes, I know what you're saying. He, he was never an extrovert off the pitch, Bobby. Not no. for me. He was always fairly unassuming and all, all the. Things things that people know about him. But I do remember he had this phrase late at night when we were sitting in the hotel and we'd done the match and our work was over for the day. And he had this phrase, he used to look at me and he'd say, I'd like a quintessential gin and tonic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, John. Now, I, uh, why, why, I think winning. Quinti- oh, sorry. I don't, I don't know what makes that a different gin and tonic, but yeah. that's what he used to say. He should start his own gin company called the Quintessential Gin Company. I'm sure somebody will back it. <laughs> well, there's plenty of them there, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Winning the 1968 uh, European Cup just 10 years after Munich, of course, was a wonderful yeah. achievement. And it was that famous triumvirate, Bess, Lauren, Charlton. And, but it, the, the difference between the two men, George Best and Bobby Charlton, they were two of the most different characters and yet were able to coexist in this wonderful football team. Yeah, combined to produce some great goals. I remember at Anfield in the early 70s, George setting up a, a, a typical Bobby Charlton blockbuster. I mean, the, you, you've recalled a few there in those clips uh, just now. I, I mean, I don't know whether they were that bigger friends off the pitch because they obviously had a completely different lifestyle. Uh, George Best was George Best, and Bobby was quietly married to Norma and still is, and um, never, never really pushed himself in the public eye away from the game, I didn't think. That, that's the interesting thing about him becoming the kind of lingua franca of of uh, Europe and beyond uh, all those years ago, because he, he said he wasn't the biggest character. He was a wonderful player, but there were other footballers at that time that were maybe bigger characters that people around the world would have seized on. But it, as we said, it, it was Bobby Charlton that, that everybody knew, wasn't it? Yes, I think the only player you could put alongside him in terms of reputation um, at that time or any time, I suppose, would be Bobby Moore. Um, I mean, they were the two names that uh, that seemed to symbolise English football at that particular time. But of course, whereas Bobby Moore was the imperious defender, um, Bobby Charlton brought so much excitement to the game with he, not just with his goals, but I mean, he he, he had this ability to, to to lift the stadium with the with his particularly when he was on the ball. Um, but he never made a big fuss. I mean, even when he scored a goal, his celebrations were comparatively modest. 
Yeah, that's absolutely it's true. true. Earlier in the show, John, slightly moving away from yeah. Bobby Charlton there for a second, we were speaking to Jim Rosenthal, and he was talking about running the Great North Run this year and said yes. he'd run the first one. And in the back of my mind, I don't know why, it suddenly came to me that I remember it was either a marathon or a Great North Run. You were running in it, and I, I, it must be a few years ago now, unless no, I'm mistaken. I, 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 I ran the Great North Run on a number of occasions. Brendan Foster was the one who talked me into it back in the 80s, and yes, I ran with Jim and with a few other broadcasting people as well, by the way. Um, and uh, I was quite proud of my half marathon time, but uh, I didn't have any other sporting attributes. So um, getting, getting through 13 miles uh, by my modest standards was quite an achievement. But yeah, I mean, um, I, but by the way, um, since you've changed the subject, Andy, if I might just do it for a second, mm. uh, and I, Bobby Charlton may have a view on this, and years he played, is it, I can hardly believe this, but we just got the sports news there that FIFA have said that individual leagues can now abolish VAR if they want to. Yeah, we were making the point, John, that I mean, the people are worried about competitive balance for the games that have happened and uh, etc. and sporting integrity. How could you possibly play the rest of the season out with VAR when you've played the season so far with it? Well, I, I don't, do you know what? I think if they're prepared to sit, to think seriously about uh, giving leagues the option of of uh, abolishing it, I, I think I'll just get hold of my cigarette lighter and I'll I'll go and down, burn down Stockley Park. Marty, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I mean, yes, all right, facetious, I know, but um, <laughs> if there is it now, what I'm saying is, if there is a loophole now. If there, if there is a gateway for getting rid of it, which I never thought there would be, God, God I just hope we take it because, um, you know, it's, it's been such... Oh, so well, you're both chuckling because you know what I think well, about it. No, 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 but it's, that, it's just the idea tomorrow morning's back page headlines. John Motson burns down, down Stockley Park. <laughs> Stockley yeah. Park. Yeah. 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 So I must admit that, we're, that was said tongue-in-cheek. But you know, you yeah, know the point know. I'm making. Of course, I, I, yeah, I, yes. I, I really believe that uh, there does seem to be a... Uh, this sounds to me now as though somebody quite high up in, in FIFA um, has perhaps decided that maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all. Yeah, quite possibly, John. Look, before we let you go, we're going to play you a song. I doubt if you'll be aware of it. It's from a band called Manson. It's called Wide Open Space. And we'll play you a bit first because you've got a little link to this song, which you won't know about, I guess. Okay. Here we go. That's called Wide Open Space, we said, by Manson. And uh, the front man of the band, Paul Draper, was on a... a Tim Burgess from the Charlottes has been doing a, a sort of Twitter listening party, and they go back through old albums and artist songs, and people get to ask questions. And they asked where the... T I think somebody must have asked where the title came from. And our old mate Bill Burrows and listener David Sink have alerted us to the fact that... Uh, the, uh, the front man of the band, Paul Draper, said, I, I, had the, I had the melody. I just couldn't think of a lyric that it fitted. I was watching Match of the Day one night, and John Motson suddenly said, he's in a wide open space. And I thought, that's it. <laughs> so you gave them the title for that song, John, Brilliant. inadvertently. 
Well, well, that's the first time I've heard of it, Paul. I'm, I'm quite <laughs> flattered, actually. The, the only time I got into a song before this was, uh, of course, Euro 96. They, uh, Skinner and Badil very kindly put a little clip of my David Platt commentary in there. But um, no, I didn't know about this one. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hurriedly trying to think of whether any of my friends will know about the group and what other songs they made. But uh, thanks for telling me about it, those listeners. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. 
74. 74. What was it, Andy? Oh, Chris, you're in trouble there. She's 91. Okay, oh. so I'm 10 out, and, and you're 17, 17 now. now. So I'll take an early yeah. lead. Here we go. You should get the early idea lead. by now if you've never heard this. Crack on, Andy. Here's the next one. Yes, uh, very happy birthday to uh, the architectural designer at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Kew, John Pawson. And, uh, yes, I had to contact him the last time I was at Kew Gardens, not far from where I live. I saw someone stealing a cactus. Wow. I pointed it out and I said to him, that's an automatic fine, but Pawson refused to give the penalty. No change there. <laughs> uh, I, um, what do you think, Chris? You can go first this time. What, what, did you say what years again, Andy? 2006. He was the uh, uh, architectural designer at Kew. 2006. 65. You say 65? Okay, yeah. I'll go 68, Andy. 71. Okay, so I'm 3 ah. out 13, and you're 6 out 23. So there's 10 in it so far, but anything can happen. Back to me, Andy. Oh, anything can happen. Happy birthday, the rock legend Bob Seger. And uh, yeah. at one time, though, he gave up rock and roll. I don't know if you know that. He became a general manager for an MLS team. And I happened to be doing some scouting for him. And I suggested Zat Knight and Alan Knight. And he agreed. He said, let's make some night moves. I think that's what inspired him. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, if you're, if you're familiar <laughs> you with the work of Bob Seger. Um, <laughs> if you're yeah. not, it means nothing. Yeah. Big hit, night moves. It was. I'd say Bob, he's got to be getting on there. He's got to be about uh, 76, Bob Seger. What do you think, Chris? Well, how am going to say 77. Oh, okay. Well, go for it. What do we think, Andy? Uh, he's 75. 75. Okay, so 14 plays 25, and uh, Chris goes first. Off we go. Okay, Chris, it's uh, happy birthday to the rock climber Ron Fawcett. Uh, yes, Ron Fawcett. I knew Ron. No, I knew Ron Fawcett when Did I was you? managing a rival. Yes, I was managing a rival mountain climbing team. I tried to tap him up. <laughs> That's nice. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. What do you think, Chris? What does Ron Fawcett do, Andy? (laughs) He's a mountain climber. Okay, Ron Fawcett, the mountain climber. climber. Rock climber. What do you think, Chris? Uh, Anything, couldn't it? Yeah, he could. Ron. Ron's a bit of an older name, though, isn't it? Go on, Chris. 68. 68. Oh, I think he's old. I'm going to go 80, Andy. What is he? Oh, you're in trouble there, Paul. Chris Ooh. could be back. He's 65. Oh, so um, you're just three out yeah. from 28. And I said 80, and he's 60. I'm 15 out. So that's t- I'm suddenly losing. That's the joy of this game. Isn't <laughs> that's it? the that joy of this game. The I game know. it is. Uh, we're four okay. down, and I'm one behind. Here we go. <laughs> it's a very happy birthday to the actress Philida Law. Philida oh, yeah. Law. And I don't know if you know this about Philida. She's a great basketball player. Absolutely she brilliant. She could never be out dunked. No one's above the law. No one's above. That's, that's very true. No one is above the law, Andy. Well said. Um, Chris uh, has given up. Eight o blind eighty. I'm going to stick with that. What do you think, Chris? Uh, 82. Isn't that Emma Thompson's mother? Yeah. You're going 82. Yeah. She's 88. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm uh, eight out. Put me on. um, What am I on there? Uh, 37. And uh, you went 80, so you're six out. They're putting you on 34. So you're still three ahead. I thought you might have gone down that route saying, I've had the fill of the law. I've absolutely (laughs) had my fill of the law. My fill of the law. Exactly. Well, happy birthday to the prima ballerina Asaluta. I don't know what that is. Uh, Alessandra Ferry. 
Oh, yeah, Alessandra Ferry. Ferry yeah. Now, you won't be surprised to hear this, but we were together at the Liverpool Ballet. Oh, were and, you really? uh, my job, Yes, my job as a motor launch driver was to take Ferry across the Mersey. Ferry across the Mersey, yeah, and even Chris knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> I think we all knew that was coming. And uh, so, OK, we haven't got her years. It's just that says that's what she is. She's the ballerina. She could still be doing it. She could have packed up. We don't know, Chris. What do you yeah, think? I'll let you lay down the marker. Oh, yeah. 43. 43. Oh, blimey. I could, wow, you could be right. I'm going 61. I'm going to make a game of it. What Ooh, is it, Andy? Yes, you are. You're poor because she's 57. 57. So uh, Ooh, so you said 43, which is 57. So that's 14. So that puts you on to uh, 48. And I said, um, how many years was I out? I've lost, forgotten what I said now, doing my head in. Um, you were three out, I think. I was, was I? That's right. Oh, I was. So that's 40. Yeah. I'm suddenly in the lead again. What a topsy-turvy. <laughs> oh, God. Topsy-turvy. What a dream, as Nigel Pearson It's a thriller. Yeah. This one, uh, you, you're both going to be have to be spot on, I think, because it's quite a well-known person. It's the singer and songwriter Adele. Adele, and, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She's just recorded a new charity single for Shepherds. Have you heard it? Someone Likes Yous. Oh, Blimey! Blimey! Chris will like that as he's in the farming he game. He'll be using I, that. I got a laugh off him, that one. Cool. Even the crackers would turn that. Not crackers, even a Christmas cracker would turn that down. Yeah, uh, crackers would have loved it. 32, Adele. I'm going for 32. What do you think, Chris? Uh, 31. 31. Well, She's 32. Another year for you there, Paul. Yeah, well done. 40 plays 49. Okay, let's keep going. One, two, We're three, getting to four, the limit. Okay. Seven. Three more to go. It's, it's happy birthday to the country singer, Randy Travis. Randy Travis. Randy Travis. He's just brought out a range of uh, condiments for accompanying cold meats. The Travis Pickle. I don't know if you've heard it. Are you talking to me? Oh, that's, that's very good, the Travis Pickle. Oh, dear me. Chris, what do you think? Number eight. Randy. Look, it's not easy, this. No, it's not easy. What do you think? 57. I've no idea. I've never heard of him. 57. Never heard um, of him. Um, oh, Randy Travis, yeah. Um, probably, uh, 60. I'll go 60. Oh, you're on form now, Paul. 61. Ooh, Both of you okay. playing so well, I 41, must say. 41. You're on 53. Plays 41. But it's still, it, can, it can change so quickly. I'm first this time. Off we go, Andy. Yeah, very happy birthday to the swimmer, three-time world backstroke champion, four-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist, Liam Tancock. Oh, Liam yeah. Tancock. And who can forget that golden moment when he won two golds in 30 minutes? Yes, of course. What was it called? <laughs> Tancock's half hour. Tancock's half hour, that's right. Um, I'll go uh, 30, 32. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Oh, we're going to go 33, so I'll stick with that. What is he? What is he, he is 35. 35. Okay, well, Chris has put, uh, clawed one back. So that puts him on uh, 55, and that puts him on 42. So really, there's a, a margin. We're going to number 10. You're going first. It's sort a of margin of 13. So it's, it's still doable if it's a difficult one, Andy. Yes, now, well, it is a difficult one, really, because you'll remember her sister's no longer with us, Joy and Babs, but she still is Teddy Beverly, the singer wow. Teddy Beverly. Teddy Beverly. And... Uh, not young, of course, but she still likes to walk 15 miles a day. Wow. Honestly, it takes does take a toll on her feet. You should see the Beverly blisters. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Honestly, these make moose look like Billy Connolly. <laughs> yeah, oh, when the oxygen masters came out the ceiling when you did the last one. Wow. <laughs>
<laughs> what do you think, Chris? Did you see the one I rejected? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I'll go... 77. Oh, Chris, no, she's older than that. No, she's not. Older than that. I'll just, I'll just, I'll go safe and say uh, 88. What is she? 93, age? believe it 93. or not. 93. Tremendous. Yeah. In the end, it, it was the, it was Teddy Beverly what did for you, Chris. But it's lovely to talk to you, and uh, uh, you stay safe, and thanks for listening over the years and for your contribution, and uh, we'll catch up with you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank Take you. Take care, Chris. There we are. Cowpack Chris there, one of the uh, minor characters over the years of the Falls panel. Uh, so I should offer a service, really. I should, what I should really? do with not this. Not as a gag basically. <laughs> No, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> I should, we should get the address of the contestant and then I'll send them this lovely birthday spread. I'll put it in the pop it in the post and it'll be theirs forevermore. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Time then to take a look back on uh, a week of sport on TV. In the company, as always, squad number nine, Mr. Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, boys. How are you? Yeah, we're not too bad. How's, yeah, uh, good, how's life in, uh, in the beautiful garden city of Leeds? Well, it's not too bad. It's nice and sunny. I've done a bit of sunbathing this morning on my, nice. back, my backyard. I've right. uh, been out for a while. It's just the same, <laughs> same yeah. blinking day, really, at the moment. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Of course well, it is, yeah. Yeah, we're all missing stuff during this um, during this lockdown and everything. Mm. Uh, I'm particularly missing the uh, jambon bear in uh, Pret-a-Manger. Uh, but if you're missing, um, if you and a lot of people are missing sport for different reasons. Yeah. Now, if you're missing sport for the reason of mindless violence. Uh, and you wonder, what, how can I see some mindless violence on the TV? Well, yeah. let me point you in the direction of ice hockey. Um, right. Always been very famous for that. And I can remember years ago, here's one for the teenagers, on programmes like Grandstand and World of Sport, you'd yeah. get a little bit of ice hockey around about when they were waiting for the horse racing and all that. You'd get a little bit of ice hockey around uh, half one in the afternoon. And uh, mm-hmm. amazing, the only bit they used to show you was a bit where it all kicked off. That that was the bit they always showed you. Well, if you'd like a six-part series on um, Netflix about when it all kicks off, uh, it's a program called Ice Guardians. Um, Mm. I mean, the only ice hockey player anyone in the UK has ever heard of, of course, is Wayne Gretzky. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, he's the main man. I'd say so, legend. generally, yeah. yeah. He's the main man. Well, there's a whole lot of other players. It, it's, it's quite interesting, uh, this program. Like I say, it's a six-part series. Uh, and they try and... Uh, apparently, there's not as much violence in ice hockey now as there used to be. I mean, it used to be. And they show you... And you can compare and contrast, because very usefully, they show you those scenes of mindless violence from the past. It's not quite as bad these days. But there still are players who, in much the way that people like Norman Hunter and Chopper Harris and those people were called enforcers. These really are enforcers by ice guardians. Yeah. They mean the enforcers in the team who keep it safe for the for the more skillful players, if you like. Uh, and some, I thought this was quite amusing. Somebody was asked in the programme, why hockey? Why hockey? Why, why is the, this violence in hockey that you don't get to the same extent in any, any other sports, in football, as the Americans call it, in rugby, anything else? Why hockey? And uh, her answer was quite instructive. Well, because they're moving at 30 miles an hour and they've got a massive stick in their hand. 
it does sort of it does sort of Fair help, enough. doesn't it yeah, yeah. but um if you the, the the main i mean these days the nhl it's been sort of cut i mean it happens from time to time obviously mm. it does kick off um but um if you really want to see more of that it's in the ahl and the lower the lower leagues because Every, and there were quite a few players on this. It was an interesting program. They were sort of the AHL has a sort of feeder system uh, to the NHL, and of course, everybody playing in the AHL, what they want to do is to get in the NHL. And to do that, really, what, what they have to do is make themselves known. You know, they have to make a name for themselves. Yeah. Um, and one of the ways to do that is by being, you know, if you're not that skillful, by being an enforcer and uh, taking down other players. And they. Um, they say when players players also come down from the NHL to the AHL, which I should imagine is a bit like a star footballer in the 70s being made to do a, a little stint in the stiffs, as it yeah. used to be called. Yeah. Um, and the, do you know what I mean? And the upcoming player, the upcoming enforcer will make sure he the, this guy, uh, George Paris, I think it was that I saw, he was saying, yeah, when you see someone come down from the NHL, it's like blood in the water. There they are. You, are uh, you know, you try and take them down for your own uh, benefit. You've got a very short amount of time, they say, to show what you have. And um, th that's what they do, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a film, was... Martin. I saw it. Slapshot. Uh, no, Slap it wasn't shot. that one. No, no, no. This was oh. a film made about eight, nine years ago. Uh, the actor, Sean William Scott, came in and saw it. It was called Goon. And it was ah. just about oh, yeah. an enforcer. Yeah. Do you remember that, Andy, when he came in? Yeah, it's, it's about they're called a, goons. That's what they're called, yeah. And also, uh, Liev Schreiber's in it, who's, uh, the, who's so excellent in Ray Donovan. He's, he's the, the, one of the other main right. goons, as they're called. It's, uh, it, was, it was good. I mean, but, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, I mean it's, well, it's often that, it's that shaking. You know it's going to go off because they throw the sticks down, the players. They shake mm. their hands out. Off come the gloves. And then they both start windmilling, don't they, the enforcers? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a part of the game. My, but it's, yeah, it's, thing, it's a definite but, tactic. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, it is, as Paul was saying, it is a tactic. It's not, you know, they don't. the red mist doesn't come down, uh, although it does, once you get into it, one guy said, uh, once you start, um, it's very difficult to stop. Yeah. I look at a guy and I just want to beat the guy's face in every nice. time I see him on the, on the ice. That's <laughs> a direct quote. Yeah. My, fav my favourite ice hockey player was a bloke called Gordy Howe. He used to play, he never wore a helmet. Can you imagine playing ice hockey with that? Oh, my God. <laughs> He's very yeah. hard. Hard or I'm sure ridiculous. I remember him sliding headlong into the boards. In I was in Toronto in about 1972 and watching oh, a game. And dear. just, you know, how he loved it. <laughs> what else have you yeah, watched, well, Martin, apart from the ice hockey this week? Well, what else I've watched is, yeah. yeah, I've been watching all the time. Uh, yeah. Just to mention, um, and this is not strictly speaking sport, but people ought to know that uh, Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up, uh, 23 yes. Hours to Kill, is now out on uh, Netflix. I saw the show uh, in London. It's slightly different in New York. But he, he does talk um, about golf a bit. Because, you know, a lot of people, like obviously, Larry David's a keen golf player. And lots of sort of ex-comedians, ex-Lightent stars play uh, golf in America. He has quite a go at it. He says it's the ultimate avoidance activity, golf. It's what men do to get away from their families. He says it's so nonsensically difficult, so pointless, so irrational, so time-consuming. He says, my friends come up to me and say, Jerry, you should play golf. You'd love it. It's a very challenging game. And he says, yeah, it's also challenging trying to throw a tic-tac 100 yards into a shoebox. 
but uh, so uh, that's Jerry on golf. Uh, I'm inclined yeah. to, to agree. The, the other thing I watched was a programme, uh, a 30 for 30, which is on BT Sport. So it's, mm. it's there to take if you're a tennis fan. I don't know how much you love tennis and must be missing it, uh, Andy. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's I've seen 30... the tennis documentaries, though, on 30 for 30. There's some good ones. Have you? Go on, yeah. You say which one it is. But I well, it was, it's called Unmatched. It was the one um, about the friendship between Martina Navratilova yeah. and uh, Chris Evert. And despite the fact you looked at them and they were polar opposites when you saw them on the court, mm. um, they were fantastic friends. They started out together as teenagers. But they start this documentary with going to, uh, I think it's Chris Everts, one of, the, one of their country houses um, in the Hamptons or wherever. And they're in a car, just like Thelma and Louise. So I thought, oh, I wonder if they're going to drive over a cliff at the end. But they don't. They don't drive. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think but, history proves but I didn't know Martina Navratilova was uh, quite chubby when she um, when she started out playing. When, when she first got into uh, uh, America from what was then uh, Czechoslovakia, now Czech mm. Republic, when she first got into America, she said she put on twenty pounds in two weeks, wow. which one assumes was the American. You know, she'd never seen all diet. this stuff. If, yeah, yeah, which uh, is a bit of a lesson for America in these dark days. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We are going to bring you Strike. We haven't squeezed it in yet. This is, uh, of course, the story of uh, Steve Barnes, the manager of uh, Lettersford Town. And he's, uh, he's in a mess at the moment. He's, been, he's basically been accused of murder, uh, of all things. Um, and so we pick up the story then with uh, Steve preparing for match day with that hanging over his head. You're going to be found not guilty. No way will you go down. Tell that to Shannon. My fingerprints were on the knife. DNA will sort it, Bill said. If there's anything they can use for analysis. I didn't exactly drool saliva over Pat's body and my blood wasn't mixed with his. Exactly. It'll fail for lack of credible evidence. So, I'm found to be innocent, I said, but this will follow me all my life. That's something we're going to have to live with, Steve. You'll always be known as the manager who beat the rap. I want to be known as the guy who led Mulcaster to their first championship in 27 years. I want to be remembered as the man who lifted Leddersford from nowhere and took them into the Premier League. Sure, all that too, Bill said. Your shoulders are broad, Steve. You need all your strength. Remember, everyone's rooting for you. What are your plans, Bill? I'm your agent. My job is to represent you. Right now you need someone at your shoulder. So you're not planning to return to London tonight? Hell no, Bill said. But what about the baby? Bill and his wife have recently had their first son. She'll understand, Bill smiled. And as for my son, he said that with pride. Well, he's still too young to notice. Then you'll stay the night, I said. I'll let Susan know. Troubled though I was, I couldn't resist teasing him. You set off now, Bill. I'll do some work for an hour, and then I'll be waiting to open the gate for you. Bill rose to the bait. You think I can't beat you? In your car? I asked, compared with my Jag. It isn't the motor, Steve. It's the quality of the driver, he said, and he added, See you at your place. We shook hands, and Bill left. I turned to the correspondence on my desk. I sighed again. There was no way I could concentrate on paperwork. 
In fact, it was difficult concentrating on anything at all. My mind was active, but it kept flipping from one thing to another. The only constant image was the sight of Pat Duffy, dead, knifed. Nice bit of agent manager bants there amidst uh, all of that. I know. About, uh, his, his but jab. speeding when you're under speeding when you're under the suspicion of murder is not a great idea. Not a great it? idea. That's very true. Uh, we were talking about uh, some, uh, Bobby Charlton earlier on with Motti and uh, Mark Carter's been listening at the station today, and he said, "Arsene Wenger and arsonist Motson on Talk Sport on the same day." Yes. Uh, and Motson <laughs> exactly. said he, wants, he might burn down Stockley Park. I think he was in jest, of course. Um, yes. <laughs> otherwise, he'll be in the next Steve Bruce. <laughs> and Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, will be back with his uh, top uh, five something next week. He said, uh, when we made the Everybody Wants to Run the World video for Sport Aid, between filming, uh, we played five a side against local kids. The Vicious Boys, Bobby Charlton, Glenn Hoddle and Fatima Whitbread. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what a great artist! Sounds a, like a Tommy Cockles. What a lineup! The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Here we are. That was this afternoon's show. We are uh, back, of course, uh, Monday at uh, one o'clock. Have we got a little extra clip for people? It's Meanwhile, one of Andy's Andy's searching that clips. out. I've, yeah, it is. I've uh, I've put it. I've addressed the envelope to Chris Cowpat. Chris, I put the birthday spread in there. I'm going to post it off to him after the show, so he'll get. To oh, lovely. That. Okay, that's good. That's nice. We'll sure you, you love that. He's a good man. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, we got a, we've got a, an extra clip, Andy. Can you tell us uh, what it was? It's from Fisherman's Blues. Yes, if I if I can find it. Yeah, it's. Uh, of course, it's Nigel. <laughs> Desperately trying to get, find the, my email. Here we are. Here we go. I should have been more prepared. Hold on. And uh, <laughs> sorry about to this. The oh, here we Daily are. Oh, he's found it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, Nigel is talking about a football quiz somebody gave him in 1997. Bill came into my office one day in 1997 because it's got the date on it and gave me a football quiz. And uh, I found it the other day. And the funny thing is he hadn't given me the answers. And I sent it to a couple of my mates. And, you know, we spent a few days working through that. It was really, it was, a, I'll send it to you. It's a very clever one. It was, um, it was a story. It was, it was the sh- a captain's log on a ship's journey. But it had gaps and you had to fill in the, the whistling words with names of football team. Like it was, it was, it was bright on the day we set sail for the Orient, and you know there were holes in the ship's hull. It was good. Yeah. I won't spoil any more, but it was good fun. Really, sounds terrible to me. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> awful. You're so. a, Andy. You're terrible. You're the terrible one. <laughs> Honestly, how, how does that sound good? You're a ter- <laughs> you're mind. just such a cruel man. Such a cruel man you are. Take the notes of him, Nigel. Send it to me. I'll get. He involved. won't listen to the pog. The idea that Nigel listens to our podcast, I think, is highly unlikely. He does, but he doesn't. He, he cries himself to, to sleep week. after he's listened to it because he is. <laughs> does he really? Anyway, the dog's coming now. She wants a walk, so we best go. Uh, we'll catch up with you Monday. Okay, mate. Uh, keep, uh, stay safe. No, we're still on air, Andy. We're still doing the podcast. This is not me and you. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, I was going to say, good, have a good weekend. It's all blurred. It's all blurred. Uh, yes, enjoy the rest of your bank holiday, and thanks for downloading us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.